thank Joe and MRCC not only for the work that they've done around the state providing uh, live video feeds in almost every regulatory hearing related to cannabis statewide and locally, and for not only getting myself, but getting the entire community to pay attention six months ago when this fight over the equity ordinance in Cambridge first began. It was Joe who got us all out. It was MRCC that kept this in the spotlight. And for that reason alone, more so than anything else, this ordinance passed. So thank you, MRCC. Secondly, what Joe's talking about in terms of what this equity ordinance represents is absolutely true. Beyond just representing a victory on the local level and beyond just representing a victory over entirely corrupt corporate interests that tried to subvert this process in the People's Republic of Cambridge, no less. It represents a major step because for those unaware, the way that licensing works in the cannabis industry in Massachusetts is there's kind of a dual track. There's state licensing and there's local licensing. Although you may have priority as an economic empowerment or social equity applicant on the state level, you are not guaranteed that priority on the local level unless the local cities and towns are willing to give it to you. Every local city and town that was originally going to go forward with an equity ordinance of this nature to give a priority period to those most harmed by the war on drugs were afraid to do so because the r and their lawyers were threatening to sue the cities and towns. Now that Cambridge has gone forward with this period, and now that they've won the first in what will hopefully be many legal victories upholding the legitimacy of this ordinance, it sets the groundwork to take these kind of priority periods statewide into every other local city and town that allows cannabis, and it is absolutely a revolutionary step that Cambridge took, and Councillor Zondervan, Councillor Siddiqui, and everyone else who voted in favor of it deserves to be recognized for taking that step, so thank you. And that is essentially how much money we have uh, as cannabis consumers and, and what, you know, um, what I want you to think about is how much money you spend per, per month on cannabis. Uh, and then at the end we can calculate and find out how much money we as an entire room spend on cannabis. And, and I can bet that it's in the hundreds of thousands of dollars because myself, uh, you know, an, an ounce a month, uh, maybe two ounces a month. <laughs> Depending on who you get it from, and if you go into dispensaries or who you know, if you're a home grower, uh, there's a lot of factors that can play into how much you're spending on cannabis. And uh, I just want us to be conscious and mindful about where we're putting our money, uh, because this is a brand new industry, and there there are responsibilities and retribution owed to these communities, and that's why uh, we're here today uh, to make sure that this sort of ordinance can go through in other municipalities. Uh, because one of the things that Revolutionary Clinics is trying to do is make it so that no other municipality can have a uh, priority period for economic empowerment applicants. So we need to stop that in its tracks, and we, we need to ensure that there is a market available for people uh, exclusively uh, as, as long as we can. I, I personally don't think that two years is long enough. We need to continue to fight and, and push this conversation to to make it so that um, you know people can really be profitable because um, we're not seeing that right now. I'd like to introduce the one of the city councilors who was responsible in leading this effort to create exclusivity for economic empowerment, um, something that needs to continue around the state. Um, and let's uh, please introduce Quentin Zondervan.
Thank you. Really excited to be here with you all uh, tonight, and really inspired by all of your work. Um, you know, we, we get the credit for for writing the law, but really, it's inspired by you all. And I'm just the conduit, you know, that, that brings it into into City Hall. Uh, it really comes from you. So I'm an immigrant. I came to this country as a teenager when I was about 15 years old. And I left behind a dictatorship that had taken away the freedom of my people. And so I really appreciated what freedom we had here in the US. And so as I was growing up, I was learning about that. You know, where did that come from? And I learned about three important people. They happened to be men. Um, Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King, and Nelson Mandela. And of course, Nelson Mandela is um, honored in this room, in the name of this room. And I read about all of them from starting in high school. And I read Nelson Mandela's biography. And he tells a story in there that, that always stuck with me and, and always informed uh, my thinking. When he, came, he got out of jail, right, 26 years, he was imprisoned for his fight for freedom. And he gets out of jail, and South Africa is free. And so he gets on a plane to go home, to his homeland. And he sees that the pilots that are about to fly the plane are black. And in his mind, he's like, wait a minute, how is this possible? Do they know how to fly the plane? And then he caught himself, right? And he was like, wow, I can't think like that. That's ridiculous. Of course they can fly the plane. They got the training. They know how to do it, right? So even Nelson Mandela had to catch himself and realize that we can do anything, right? And that you have to believe in yourself and not feel that you're limited in what you can do because you're not. So it's really, really inspiring what you all are doing here. And I'm just honored that I'm able to play a small part in, the, in that. But you know, we did our part, we passed the law, now the rest is up to you to keep fighting for it, right? I'm not allowed to fight for it anymore. It's now in the hands of the city solicitor or lawyer. She's fight, fight, fighting the lawsuit. I can't really say anything about it. So it's really up to all of you guys to keep fighting. And you know, we'll be there at City Hall to support you every step of the way. Because this is equity, this is freedom. That's what this country is all about. So thank you all. Really inspired to be here with you all. I wish I could stay longer, but I have to run home and check on my wife because she's got a tooth infection, and then I'm playing some jazz drumming later. So, <laughs> thanks again. I was very polite. I was very kind. I was not trying to, you know, be disrespectful because I had to realize I wasn't just representing myself but the community. So I was polite. If it was just me, I would have been like, "Can you leave me the fuck alone?" But for all of you guys, I was very, very kind <laughs> and polite. You know, but I basically had to tell him, um, you sound like a colonizer. You know, like, I don't know what to tell you, you know, but this is basically your, your perspective on this issue. How are you gonna be suing a city and building community relations? How are you gonna be attacking my city councilors for doing something that I asked them to, and then you want me to support you? How, 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 how is any of this happening? I wanna share um, something else with you guys because I could go on like a long ass rant about 
from the synchronous Serial entrepreneur VCS thought that Massachusetts was for sale. The 13 original dispensaries thought that we were for sale. I am so proud of everyone in this room who's my color and my mommy's color who stood up and said that we were not for sale. Thank you. I'm so proud of all of you. Thank you. I'd first like to introduce our first speaker who is uh, Richard Harding, who is the co-founder of uh, Race as well as Green Salt Organics. Uh, he's integral in pushing the ordinance as uh, you know, as we you know, organize as advocates in Cambridge, and uh, definitely one of the strongest speakers I know. And you guys are all about to find out. So uh, let's give it up for Moki, aka Richard Harding. So first of all, thank you. I want to thank obviously Joe and MRCC and whoever else uh, pulled this together. I think that. Um, what's important about being in this fight and being in this industry is that we have people like Joe who really lead by example. He always shows up, he always keeps us informed, and that's so important in this business. I always say that cannabis moves fast, and it really does. And so having someone who's watching, not only the commission, and watching everything both locally and nationally is critically important. Um, so I just want to make sure that we continue to support MRCC however we can, and I'm, and I'm thankful for this opportunity. Um, I want to start by saying that friendship isn't about who you do the longest. It's about who came in and stood up and said, I'm here for you, and then most importantly, proved it. And that's why I respect so much the work of Councilor Zondervan and Siddiqui. It was their first term. They hadn't been on for one complete term. And this was the biggest fight of the economic um, life in Cambridge around this particular issue of equity in, in cannabis. And that was what was so remarkable, right? That they stood out amongst the crowd, um, rose above the um, you know, politics of survival, meaning they needed to get elected again to say, we're gonna step and stand with the people. And so I just wanna make sure that we do acknowledge that, that effort because that was um, major in this fight for equity in the city of Cambridge. Um, I'd also say that let's be crystal clear about the stakes here, right? This was the one time that we collectively as a community had to make a real difference in the policy that would have left us literally indentured um, as young cannabinoids, no matter what part of the, the game you're in. This medical particularly, but the group of medicals were trying to cripple us. Let's just be crystal clear. It's always this funny game when in public they have to show the face of, oh, we want to be helpful, and we want to have the EE survive, and we want to make sure that social equity is real. They're fucking liars. Right? They did not want to at all see us move in this space of being cannabinoids with social equity backgrounds, with economic and problem backgrounds. They absolutely wanted to do what they've done all across the country, here in Massachusetts and here in the city of Cambridge. They wanted to buy the process. Let's be crystal clear, let's not mince any words, okay? When you talk about equity before profit, this was their mantra. They, excuse me, this was not their mantra. They wanted profit over equity, and that's a fact. They wanted to make sure that they had not only first mover advantage, that they strung us along and gave us a tip, essentially, for being good doobies, right, by saying that they would commit to a small amount of money um, that would have not allowed any of us to be able to, even if we took all the money, to, 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 to thrive in the cannabis business. And for most of us, we wouldn't have been able to survive. Let's also talk about another falsehood. We came to the table and said, Let's talk about what a fair deal would be, right? We said, look, let's talk, right? This is what happens. 
This is what needs to happen to have recreational soils. This is what young cultivators need. This is what, you know, all the phases of the business, we took uh, the information from our friends in mainly California and other places and said, look, this is what it costs to run these businesses. And they laughed at us. And you know what they did once we did that? Not only did they laugh, they got together and formed a unique bond of greedy, um, profit-chasing medical marijuana companies. They didn't like each other until we brought this fight together. <laughs> they couldn't stand each other. Revolutionary couldn't stand Sarah Natural. The next guest that I get to introduce this is actually a great personal honor for me because he was my mentor when I was first coming into the cannabis industry after I fell disabled well in graduate school. Um, I wanted to be a priest, actually, a Jesuit priest. And before I fell disabled, I was pursuing a degree in political philosophy. And after I fell disabled, it was very hard for me to get up in the mornings because I didn't really feel like I had much of a, a place in this world and I didn't feel like my life had a lot of meaning. And then I met Mike Crawford. And Mike Crawford, for those who don't know, is a really important figure in the local cannabis community. He used to be the president of Mass Can and Normal. He uh, booked the Freedom Rally and the musical acts that played there for many, many years. And he now runs a local radio show called The Young Jerks. He writes for a publication called Midnight Mass, and his articles appear in Dig Boston. When I first entered this cannabis industry, Mike Crawford heard me saying that my caregiver had been shut down, and he put me on the air, he gave me a voice, and the rest is history. So I owe absolutely everything I have, my sense of self-worth, my ability to participate in the industry, my reason for getting up in the morning to Mike Crawford, and for that reason, it's an honor to introduce him this evening. Thanks, Brent. Um, yeah, I, I've been doing this 20 years now, since, uh, what, uh, 1999. So, for me, this has been about medical patients. I, I'm a, like, beyond it, like Eric Martin here. Well, I'm an athlete. I wrestled in high school, was a wrestling coach, a college wrestler, hurt my back, like a lot of athletes. So, we're using medical cannabis. Um, well, that's where I come from it. And what I saw in Cambridge, you know, I just want to bring out, we were the ones who introduced all the city councilors to Sarah. We were the ones who were there. Chandra was there. I was there. We were the medical patients that like, pushed forward to get medical cannabis in Cambridge. And then to see the show that they put on, really excluding us, the real patients. The ones who aren't going to put on t-shirts for money. Um, Revolutionary Clinics wanted me to do a show uh, over at their dispensary at one point. Never. Never. I will never. You'll never see the Young Jerks. Unless they drop this lawsuit. Unless they fund the social equity. They, they, they need to step up. Like, you know, and, and they may think this is nothing tonight, but long term, we got a long memory. I've been here for 20 years. I'm going to be here for another 20 years. And we're not going to forget. And eventually, when there are hundreds of dispensaries open, you know what people are going to decide to go to? The ones who treated us the best, right? Because we're going to have choices. And right now, we even have choices. You know, I was going to a lot of dispensaries locally. Believe they haven't. It's a ripoff. It's, they don't treat you well. So, you know, a lot of times I'm getting it from local growers. I even have some cannabis tonight I want to share. Anyone who needs some cannabis, 
As much as I have here, you know, and that's one thing, we have an economic power. Uh, someone mentioned, you know, getting the black market guys, getting the growers. This is someone who grew legally 12 plants. You should see the harvest he got outside. And he's sharing it, and that's what we need to do more of to really stop these dispensaries. We also, I, I think we should spread the word about Maine. Oh, yeah. When, when I can't get it from the local grower, I take it right up to Maine because the price cookies. There's 2,000 dispensaries up there, basically 2,000 small caregivers. They did it the way that we should have done it. Yeah. You know, they let the small guy open first, and now the big guys are going to get to open later. Yeah. And that's what we want in Cambridge. We want, as a patient, I want to have craft cannabis. Yeah. I want to support good business. I don't want to have to go to big mega, big cannabis. So that's why I'm here today. Uh, we're the Young Jerks. We're on every Sundays. We are also podcast on iTunes. Uh, definitely check us out. We also have uh, Midnight Mass. Grant writes for us. Grant's a contributor. I want to thank Joe Gilmore. I want to thank all everyone here. You guys all rule. So um, yeah. I'm just thank you. I'm just tired of seeing patients get ripped off. I'm tired of seeing my friends get ripped off that want to open. Ed D'Souza, Andrew Muddy, Beyonde, it's just, it's ridiculous. Let us grow, let us open, and especially social equity, economic empowerment, it's in the law. The revolutionary clinics needs to get out of the way. We'll never forget what they did, unless they do something right. And that's uh, drop the lawsuit, fund the social equity program. Joe's got his demands, they gotta do it. Uh, thank you so much, my friend. I think you're absolutely right. I think that um, while this this uh, discussion starts in this room, I think that the waves that are can be created by this, the discussions that can be talked about nationally, um, in terms of being like a conscious industry, uh, conscious consumerism, and, and really uh, putting thought into where we're putting our dollars. So, all the work that went into uh, you know just making sure that. Um, the, the, the people who are, who, are, who are harmed by the war on drugs uh, actually get their benefit and, and it's not like skipping over because a lot of times uh, laws can be written and unless uh, we're there to act upon it, then they just, just, they're just words on paper. Uh, and that's what we're seeing the section four with, with uh, these priority programs and um, what we're doing is taking it in our hands, you know, take, putting the power in our hands uh, and taking it to city council. So we can continue to do this, doing this in other municipalities uh, which leads me to our, our next speaker, which is the founder of uh, microbusiness uh, uh, in Waltham. You know, but Waltham actually just passed a social equity ordinance as well. Uh, and I think that uh, a lot of the momentum that was going on in Cambridge helped to push that. And so I would like to really uh, have you all welcome Vianney Marisma. Um, <laughs> MRCC, always holding it down. Um, yeah, uh, it's been tough, man. It's been tough because uh, the state, what the state said from the jump was that Waltham wasn't a, uh, a place that was uh, hard by the war on drugs. And, you yes, know. it was. Yeah. <laughs> you right. walk through downtown Waltham at the Moody Street. Moody Street. But again, you know, is this, 
you know, it's one of those things where I was kind of looking at um, other cities, and uh, you know, we, we've been fighting this since what? What Calvin? January of last year, right? January of last year, yeah. Um, and the city council finally voted yes on it. But I mean, don't get it twisted. Like the, the job isn't done, not by a long shot. Um, the mayor still has to uh, either approve it or veto it. But the best part about the whole thing is that um, the city council uh, agreed, voted yes on it, and uh, in a 12-2 vote. So even if the uh, mayor vetoes it, the city council can overrule it. Um, but I don't want to get to that because that right there, that's a, again a, a, another journey that we got to kind of. Um, that we are prepared for, prepared to kind of, kind of go after. And again, guys, like I, I really do thank Cambridge for sure, for sure, because like a lot of the counselors, like uh, Counselor Kathy Mc, uh, um, McKinnon, uh, Mackin, she was the one that was saying, "Hey, Cambridge is doing this. You know what I mean? Maybe we should really think about this, because uh, you know, the first, the first time that I um, brought it to Christine Mackin, uh, brought the ordinance, it was uh, a spinoff of." Um, of Eric Schwartz in Somerville. So again, like I, I don't, I, I shouldn't take any of the credit for making this ordinance up. I just used my resources. You know what I'm saying? I use, I use the cities around me. And again, I appreciate Eric Schwartz to this day. You know, um, who is that? It's Farbug, and he's still fighting oh. in Somerville right now to get something to happen. Yeah. Oh yeah, Eric Schwartz from uh, Farbug. Um, so yeah, again, it's, <laughs> I, it, it, it's tough out here, but um. Yeah, man, it's just, to say, to tell a city, well, I mean, it, it definitely goes statewide. The fact that we have certain areas that say that they're, only these people have been disproportionately impacted, is crazy to me. Like, I remember at eight years old, police breaking down my door, that white light flashing on you, asking me where the drugs at, where's the weed at, where's the, where's the weed at? So it's kind of like, yo, I don't know how, you know, it's like, again, everyone lives lived a different life, but it's like, you can't tell me, you know what I mean, that that I wasn't, imp that I wasn't impacted. Um, but again, I, I, I do, I thank you all, man. I thank you all for really, um, for really finding this fight. Because, you know, it gives me, Calvin, uh, Gordon Dorston, Donald Alexis, um, it gives us all, you know, it gives us all that, that glimmer of hope that's like, yeah, like there's people, there's other people doing this too. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and I, I, I do apologize for not, for not being, you know what I'm saying, with you guys. I'm with you guys, don't get me wrong. But you know what I'm saying, again, we're all fighting all battles. You know what I'm saying? And, but again, we should be together, more together, because we're, we'll be able to, you know, kind of put our minds together. You know what I'm saying? Really make a difference. I feel like that's that's what it is, you know. Um, I'm an office lineman by trade, so I'm I'm all about unity, man. You know, I'm all about teamwork, and that's that's really the only way we're gonna get gonna get through this. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, a little bit of myself, Vian uh, Rizma. I'm 20 years old from Waltham. Um, I play a little ball. I play a little basketball. I play a little football. Um, I I do grow myself. Um, I'm a Korean natural. Um, Farming. Um, I don't want to say activist, but I definitely fool around in that in that realm of um, of propagation. Um, I'm back, obviously, some permaculture, some human culture. Um, I'm just I'm just a dude, just trying to get the best of the best, man. Trying to just gain that knowledge, you know. Um, 
farming or growing anything really wasn't my wasn't my background. Uh, it was something that I kind of uh, fell upon uh, in college, and I just kind of kept at it. Um, me playing football in uh, various places, um, such as you know San Jose, Washington State. I was kind of put in a position where I could um, expand my knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Uh, gain my experience, and when I came back, it was kind of like. Hey man, I, I see where this is going, um, and it's go time, you know. Um, but yeah, man, just y'all know, man, it's tiring. It definitely is. But again, I, I really do appreciate you guys for being here, for supporting each other, because you know, find the system. You know what I mean? Like it's it's crazy, you know. Um, one of my favorite movies. One of my favorite movies is The Matrix, and you know I don't know if you guys are ever watched The Matrix. But I hope you guys have. But you know the whole simulation, and I'm 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 down to go down the rabbit hole, man. And, you know, and, yeah, 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 but you know, but again, like I gotta I gotta dig deeper down the rabbit hole. And I'm and I'm not just talking about just the politics of it. I'm I'm talking about just like even growing itself. Like let, let's let's be honest. We don't. The smartest people in the world when it comes to uh, mycology doesn't know anything about mycology. You know what I mean? Like, there's really not that much information on fungus in general. You know, we you know we kind of barely scratch the surface, but we don't know. You know, it's kind of like it's, it's by you know it, we try to practice biomimicry, but again, we don't know it to the T. So again, like you know, there's a lot of rabbit holes that I'm that I'm trying to like bounce around in, you know, and um, I hope you guys are too, because when it comes down to being at your best, I believe in this business, it is all about, I mean, it, it all starts with the flower, right? When, when it starts with the flower, it starts with your medium, whether, you know, hydroponic growing or soil growing, I'm, I'm all about soil, but again, to each, to each their own, but at the same time, you know, it's are you willing to be self-sustainable? And how are you going to be self-sustainable? What is your method? Are you are you using your soil? If you're using your soil, but are you adding any amendments? Should you be adding amendments? He's going to Starbucks and go get some amendments. Yeah, listen, the grounds were available. Yeah, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Ask. And you know, at the same time, it's like just because cannabis itself is, um, you know, whatever you put in your medium. It's it's in the can it's in cannabis it's in it's in those cells. So again, you know you want to you want to kind of think about what you're smoking. Want to think about how you're growing. Well, let's just be real about it. Whatever you're putting into it, I hope you can ingest it yourself. You know what I'm saying? Without any any harmful, you know anything harmful going into you. So you know again, like a little. I don't really want to get into that, but you know it. Thank you guys. Again. <laughs> If we lose this fight, we're gonna close, we're gonna have to lay people off, we're gonna, you're not gonna be able to get your medicine. They they just did this in the most disingenuous and evil way. And so for me, my company and others who are on the ground, I think we should applaud ourselves really standing up and really standing for what we believe in and betting on us, right? We don't have next, we have now. And they didn't want to understand that and they thought we were just gonna go away because quite frankly, everywhere else they've been. That's what happened.
They threatened a lawsuit. They had the big money. And then lastly, they corrupted some of us. Let's be clear. There were economic empowerment applicants and social equity applicants that were corrupted and tantalized by the little bit of money that they waved in their face. And so when you have you know, them trying to turn us against each other and us standing strong, and you have counselors like uh, Councilor Zondervan speaking, you have the power of us. That's what changed the game. And I think that you know, moving forward, we really need to send a message to them that not only to drop the suit, but if they're really, really, really who they say they are, then they should help the economic empowerment groups just like they said they would during the fight, right? Remember that? We want to help them survive. We'll do anything. They can't survive without us. Well, now, that, once again, they threw that whole thought right out the window, right? They've lost um, a small hearing that's, you know, basically said you're not going to get an injunction which allows economic empowerment groups in Cambridge to continue to move forward. Many of us are going through the process. But let's hold them accountable to the words that they talked about, right? Let's use it, their own words against them. And we have to really think about and make sure that we're watching their every move and making sure that we stick together. I mean, that's the biggest thing. If we had all stuck together in the first place, we would have forced a different conversation in Cambridge. But because they were able to break some of us, right, it allowed them to have some legitimacy. They could say, oh, well, it's not all of the EEs, right, even though most of us understood this. The long game is to make sure that we're advocating and setting policies that make sure that we can not only survive in the cannabis business, but thrive. And this is why it's so important to have meetings like this, and this is why it's so important to look at policy globally. One-for-one -one rollouts, making sure that there's never more um, RMDs or other groups than social equity or economic applicants in a city, right? We have to make sure that it's there so that you can make sure that there's never going to be that, that balance of power. Making sure that when you have policies in the different cities and towns that we show up, right? There was a whole fight in Boston. That was a different legislati legislation in Cambridge, but yet there were some tools that I think could be helpful. And it's going to be different everywhere. That's the one thing about cannabis. What happens here in Cambridge may be different than in Boston, may be different than in Brockton, may be different than in Salem, but the fight is the same. My very last point is that do not be afraid to make sure you tell your elected leaders that sometimes equity has to be legislated, right? No one gives up power. It's just not the American story. No one decides I'm going to give up power. Power sometimes has to be legislated. It's the leaders that have to have the courage to right equity, right fairness, um, and reverse bias through policy and through laws. And this is what happens. Most of the big fights that we've seen, equity has been legislated. And it took courageous leaders to use their bully pulpit to push that agenda forward. And so I'm thankful to be with you. I stand by you now and always. I look forward to the next fight. Um, and I would say this, that we have to keep pressing the state. It's not fair that, you know, three years ago, I believe, November, that the law to uh, regulate cannabis like alcohol, AKA the adult use law, has been passed. And we still, in Boston, Cambridge, or Somerville, and I'm just talking about those places locally, have not one recreational store open for business. That is a tragedy, and it's going to ultimately um, hurt um, us if this continues. There's a, due to be 20,000 new jobs that come on. These are jobs for people like us, our friends, people who have really been affected by the war on drugs. You'll never realize those opportunities until the business begins to blossom. So thank you for, your, for my time and I thank you for coming. Up next, we actually have an excellent speaker who comes to us all the way from Connecticut. He drove up through what's out there just to come speak to us tonight and then 
he is driving back to New York City tonight for the social equity conference that is happening right now there. So thank you, thank you. Um, Joseph Raymond is with the New England Craft Cannabis Alliance, and for those who aren't familiar, um, NECCA is to, designed to protect small, independent craft cannabis producers and enthusiasts while promoting fair policies designed to keep the New England recreational cannabis market free of corporate monopolies. So, Joseph Raymond, thank you for being with us. You know, corporate influence, we're really uh, dealing with a lot of it in Connecticut right now. The current medical producers in Connecticut feel that they are the pioneers of the industry and they want a two-year head start on any recreational program that, you know, comes about in Connecticut. Uh, I've been advocating in Connecticut for about six years and I noticed that more and more corporate influence started to seep into the politics as we got closer to uh, a recreational bill coming about. And there was basically no voice for equity, no voice for the independent craft producer. Um, my good friend Jason Ortiz stepped up with uh, Kiefer Smith Bolden and they started Pure Connecticut, which is the, our social equity uh, advocacy group to make sure that there's uh, guaranteed social equity in Connecticut when we do get some kind of recreational bill. And then there's me, I founded the New England Craft Cannabis Alliance. Uh, we have a sister organization in Oregon who actually um, is run by Adam Smith. They just passed a, um, a bill to uh, export uh, about a million pounds of uh, surplus cannabis they have in Oregon. And now, uh, on our end, we're trying to work on a bill to accept that uh, cannabis for equi equity applicants, uh, you know, to sell in New York, Connecticut, New Jersey. Um, but I want to go over a couple of our, our pledge that I have businesses in Connecticut make to the Craft Cannabis Alliance, because I think it kind of, you know, circles around everything you guys are dealing with right now. So, on behalf of our company, I, we pledge that our company is majority owned by Connecticut, New England based residents to treat our employees, customers, and associates fairly and with respect, to be conscientious of our neighbors, citizens, and business partners, to be good stewards of our land and water, to make environmental sustainability a cornerstone of our business at every level of the supply chain, never to discriminate nor tolerate discrimination, harassment, or violence in our business or in the community around our business. To support diversity and work towards equity in our industry and guaranteeing equity in the industry in our, in our own hiring, development, and promotional practices. To prioritize safety, training, and education in the industry to strive for the highest standards of transparency and regulatory compliance, to uphold the spirit of volunteerism, public service, and a commitment to philanthropy in the community around us, to follow a business ethic that supports and considers our social impact at all times, to make every reasonable effort to engage in partners, partnerships with other businesses that are similarly co committed to ethical and sustainable practices, to advocate for the legalization of cannabis for all adults, to actively support rational and humane policies with respect 
to all substances that humans choose to use for medicinal, spiritual, or recreational purposes, to actively work to reverse the harms of the war on people, and to advocate for social justice and human rights, to honor the important role that cannabis plays in human society, and to protect its ethical, sustainable cultivation and responsible use, and to produce the best cannabis in New England. One thing about the corporations is that we try to like put them, make them sound like they could be reasonable. But let's remember one thing. They only care about their bottom line. So the equity the, that they tout is only a promotion to get them what they need and then it's back to the drawing board what's best for this, the stockholders, shareholders, uh, Curaleaf, for instance, they're, they're making big waves in Connecticut. They're majority owned by a Russian oligarch by the name of Boris Jordan now. He owns like 40% of the stocks. These, these people are, they, he also, if you look into them, helped crash the Soviet Union and, and take over certain parts of their industries. These are, these are predators smell that smell blood. Um, one of the things about the New England Craft Cannabis Alliance is that I feel that we are also diplomats of the legacy market. Don't ever forget that the, mar the legacy market, the black market, is 10 times the size of the legal market. You don't have to listen to, to these imbalanced policies. Your voice, if you could round up enough of those people that are, that are also involved in that market, they're, not, they're scared to come out, but times are changing. And that's a market that works at some levels and it doesn't work at other levels. It needs regulatory measures added to it, but it doesn't need the extra red tape. Mm -hmm. Cannabis is much safer than alcohol. We know this, science tells us this. We shouldn't have to, the guy who produces a, a beautiful strain in his, in his basement should have no more problem going to market than the guy who creates a, a stout in his garage. The, the, it's, it's all made for us to lose, and we're not gonna lose. So if we stick together, we all stay informed, and we you know, keep educating, that's, that is the way to equity, I believe. And, and don't accept, that's the other thing, don't ever accept anything less than equity. They tell you you can't, come back tomorrow and tell them no, we will. <laughs> but um, I really, really appreciate the time. And uh, thank you, MRCC, Joseph Gilmar.